Hello. What's good, guys? How are we doing? We're good, thank you. Thank you for having Thanks us. Thanks for again. having us. Awesome. So now, um, the best thing about this place is to get to do two at once. Now, Jeremy, <laughs> you're not new to the podcast. This is your second time, but yep. Nicole, welcome. Uh, so guys, I just want to say, first of all, big thank you for coming in. Both of you guys have zoomed out. Also, thank you for the amount of work that you guys have done in terms of like the Perth bodybuilding scene and coaching scene as well. I've been following you guys for actually quite some time. Yep. Uh First of all, guys, I just want to start off with the bat. Just give us a little bit of introduction to yourself, Jeremy. Jeremy, who it is, what you do, then Nicole. All right, sweet. So my name is Jeremy So. Uh, you can find me under so aesthetic underscore coach. Um, so I'm an online coach slash PT. Um, went fully online the last about three months ago. So now I'm just a full online coach. So I help people change their lives, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my name is Nicole Tan and I'm an IFBB bikini pro. I'm still yet to make my pro debut. I was supposed to debut two years ago in 2019 at the Arnold, but COVID hit. And um, so I still am yet to step on stage as a pro, but I hope to begin my pro career next year. I also do coaching and PT on the side. Awesome. So let's actually start with that straight it's away. A I mean, introduction. bro, that is a good introduction. <laughs> that is a good one. Yeah. She's a professional. <laughs> <laughs> and there's us just sitting there, like, yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, that, that's good that you brought that up because one thing I actually have talked a lot about is, I mean, with the lot, this podcast that I run, you know, there's fighters and there's anyone related to health. So doctors, nutritionists, you know, PTs, mental health coaches, anyone really who fits that category is what we go after. But, you know, to now we got this in person, this is so much better than yeah. just doing this over Zoom like we used to. But anyway, so, Nicole, so you've been a – how long have you been competing? Is it bikini? Yeah, in bikini. Um, I have competed for seven years now. So I started, um, I think, in 2015 or 2016. Oh, okay. Yeah, so quite some time now. Haven't been competing for two years, but before that I used to compete at least once a year. So, Uh, so far I've done 11 shows. 11 (laughs) 11 shows, far out. Now, Jeremy, you've also (laughs) competed quite a few times as well, Uh, haven't you? Yes. Um, So I started a year before her, so I think I did at least one show before she started, and now she's doing more shows than I have, and she's definitely a lot further than (laughs) where where I need to be as well. Um, but yeah, so I've competed for at least the last eight years, I'll say. Wow. Yeah, and I've done about eight shows. Wow. So now this is a good to- question I can ask both of you guys because we can both agree right now, Perth's bodybuilding scene is kind of exploding. Yeah. Well, it, it, yeah. 100%. Like, I think it's gone to a different level at the moment. And like, a lot of times, like, I feel like they're going to run national shows soon here, yeah. which is probably the best thing for WA people because right now all the national shows are over East. So we always have to fly over there. But, you know, the shows are getting so big here that they could literally just run their national show here and then people will come here instead. Or if the borders are open. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, totally correct about that because now recently we've had the new organization just been introduced is YNF. Yes. So what does that stand for, by the way, guys? Your Natural Federation. Natural Federation. (laughs) That's what it was. (laughs) That makes sense, eh? It it does because, you know, there's like IFBB, you know, International Mm -hmm. Federation of Bodybuilding, and then you've got uh, WBF, which they're pretty much like your YNF. It doesn't quite, you know, come to the mind like quickly, straight away. Good point. So... This is the first question I wanted to ask you guys because you're on the topic of bodybuilding. Now, you've both competed extensively. Nicole, you're a pro as well. Do you believe that there should be like a minimum amount of years 
uh, training first before you get involved in such a thing. Now, the reason why I ask that question is because now in today's bodybuilding scene, it's gotten to a point where I've been to watch a few and I just think to myself, where's um, where's the talent? A lot of these people now, there's so many categories there's so many weight classes. It's gotten to a point where pretty much I could just oh point some guy off the street, and even if he was not a big dude, but like six months he looks like he could have competed compared to those guys. So the first question I want to ask you guys: Do you reckon there should be some form of like minimum training requirement? I think it depends because some people are just like genetically gifted. So um, we have taken on clients before, and it they've their first show. Honestly, they've looked better than I did at my first show. So it just it depends on the individual, but also the federation. Because some federations, if the division doesn't require someone to have high level of like muscularity or leanness, then they can pretty much be ready pretty soon. Especially if they were pretty active as like kids. So um, from like gym, gymnastics background or like swimmers and stuff they might naturally already have like a good amount of muscle so um all they need to do is like get lean which you know you can probably achieve in like 15 to 20 weeks so <laughs> I, I think it's um dependent like i think it depends on who you ask like i think you know there's a discrepancy with the competitors and the people they're asking for example if you ask an event organizer whether or not they should compete most event organizers want more people in their competition not gonna lie about that you know um so they'll be like yeah you look great you should compete but then like if you go ask a coach and the coach gives them honest opinion most times they're not ready they're not gonna be ready so they're gonna need more time actually preparing for it so i think like it depends on who you ask if that makes sense and it depends on the coach whether the coach is willing to be like hey no you need two years to get ready mm -hmm. and you know that being said like you know genetic there are people who are who have great genetics and they could literally jump on stage like you just said like they they, they just do six month prep or something they can jump on stage and some people are going to need like two years to even be ready yeah. to be, even be competitive and i think you know i've got clients who are, could compete in six months you know i had a guy just competed like 25 weeks with me and i was like you know what dude let's compete you're already pretty lean and he pretty much ended up winning but then yeah i've got guys who was like 40 weeks prep you know so a longer prep you know preparing for it and then they need that time to actually be ready wow that's yeah. a fair point so let me ask you this a question then because we're on that topic so nicole how many years were you training for before you took your first competition about two years, two years. but i would say it was not of good quality like I thought I was training really really well and good until I started like my first competition prep and really knew like how to eat and how to train properly um, and then from there my training was like a whole nother level that's why my physique has changed so much over the years um, yeah I don't really think I look very good for my first show I came fifth at my first show which I guess is okay but I was 38 kilos <laughs> wow. Size of my leg. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, just just for reference for the audio, with people going thirty eight kilos. How's that possible? I mean, it's obviously you're you're cutting down to an extremely low body fat. You know, obviously size is another thing as well. Obviously, tall people naturally have more bone right. structure and more muscle mass. So again, it's understandable. Um, so what was some from there? Pretty much, you guys, you know, took off. You competed so much. Uh, but recently, you guys had a pretty good day in the office uh, not too long ago, the YNF. Uh, oh, yeah. So tell yeah. us a little bit about that. How did that go for you guys? Um, so I only had one competitor in the YNF, but she competed in three divisions and placed in all three um, with the highest uh, second place. 
in opens. Wait, uh, wow. So before we move on, what three? How does how did you coach someone so they can compete in multiple divisions? Um, so because she is a mum, they have a special divisions for mum. Um, she was also considered like a master competitor because she was above the age of 30. Um, so you have like your mum's division and then 30 plus division. And then you also have like your open division as well. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So that's <laughs> impressive. So that again explains the state where you can pretty much compete in multiple divisions in one day, depending on was it your context. Yeah. Anyway, so Jeremy, how did that go for you, man? Just quickly, that would be classes, I think. So she competed in different classes of yeah. the same division. Oh. So division and classes is a little bit different. So obviously you can do one division, but different classes like age gap and stuff like that. So I think it's, yeah, it's more classes. Um, but yeah, my, my guys did all right. Um, so I had one guy do classic. He came second place in all his divisions, I think. So he pretty much, I think, lost against one guy and he ended up losing to that guy second place in a few of them. And he came first in um, over 30s. And I had another guy, two guys, one guy, um, young guy, 17-year-old, ended up cleaning up fitness model and just missed out on overall title against one other guy. And it was just came down to muscle maturity. Like the guy's only 17 years. My kid's only 17 years 17 old. Years 17 old. years old. 17 years old. He was beating a lot of 30, 40-year-olds. Yeah. So hopefully he's hearing this. So Wow. <laughs> how, how do you how do you coach someone like that? Because personally, obviously, my background is I did sports science, exercise and health in yeah. UWA. And I've done a lot of extensive, uh, did a lot of you know, work and studying behind you know, muscle, like coaching and all that, yeah. different athletes. But one thing I've always read according to literature that it was not – ideal for a young man to be under the age of 21 competing ideally because his body's especially 17 he would still be developing so how did you manage to coach him through that i i think like they can still train i don't see why they couldn't um he was he's naturally an ectomorph and his dad is a pt so he started learning Uh, how to lift since he was like 15 yeah. yeah so like he learned at a very young age if you watch his form you're like this guy has better form than a lot of people I see. So like from there, it kind of switched over. And he, like I said, he joined on board in it for the long haul. Like he was in it like, look, I want to like compete in the future. Like it doesn't have to be right now. So I said, okay, let's just start now. Let's see what you're doing. Um, he's studying his exams at the moment. Oh. Um, so he's doing all he's that. You know, <laughs> He's still studying and stuff. And I think he had an exam the day before the comp or something like that. So I was like, yeah, he did very well. Um, but like I said, the conditions were right. So yeah. like, you know, the variables were right. He knew how to train. Um, we didn't have to diet very hard if per se. Like if you have to talk about, he did no cardio going to prep and mm-hmm. then he, had, because he was already ectomorph. So like the lowest his calories got were like maybe 200 grams of carbs a day. So it wasn't as bad as what most people, like a normal standard prep. And so because the variables were right, I was like, you're in a pretty good position to like jump on stage for your first time if you want. And so he was like, mm-hmm. why not? And he was pretty keen. So yeah, we just did it and then he ended up, yeah, we didn't, <laughs> which is actually came to a shock because like I said, there was a lot of people that um, were older than him. So I guess like, you know, his shape and everything was good and he had a lot of decent amount of muscle that we could build in the time that we had and yeah. Wow, I still feel that's crazy though. I was 17 years old, having exams the next day. Not even that, but you guys know this way better than I do. When you're heading up to your competition, you're knocking on death's door, you know, it's shit, you're tired, you're weak. Yeah. I mean, you look ripped as fuck, but everything else that's going on under the underneath is is it's nasty. And I've spoken to somebody about it. Now, I was to say you've given up a very very specific case and all that of teenagers. Now, since we're talking about 
training younger ones. Nicole, has there ever been a case for you like that? Do you have like a client age that you head to or do you just, is it like whoever really who wants to train? Um, whoever pretty much chooses me as a coach, I will consider. Um, and then I don't really take age into consideration. It's whether I think they'll be good enough for this specific federation they want for so for example i'm from the ivbb so ideally most girls who do follow me um they all have the eventual dream of wanting to compete on the ivbb stage but not everyone is going to be ready for it because it is of a much higher kind of like um standard and competition levels and all that kind of stuff so in general um if you are quite young you can enter the junior division but at the end of the day, we all know the longer you've been training, the older you are, you have more muscle maturity and um, you just get like that different kind of like crispier look, especially because in the IFBB, they require high levels of conditioning. Sometimes when you're like quite young, especially as a female, you don't look as like crispy <laughs> as like the older competitors. Um, there is like situations where it, like it might still work out and stuff. Um, but I don't really consider the age. I'm like, if you can get stage lean and you have enough muscle and um, I feel like you'll be right for the federation, then we can definitely do it. Okay. So because you obviously talked about, you know, maturity, obviously he's been training for some time. So he's ticking all these boxes. Like obviously he had a dad as PT. Obviously for men and women, it's different requirements. Yeah. I mean, that we can both agree on and you've pretty much explained like what you're looking for. Yeah. So Nicole, when you talk about, you know, crispy and all that <laughs> sort of stuff, like uh, let's say a girl came to you and she said, okay, I, I want to get stage ready. Just give me a random context. She, I've trained for a couple of years. Like what specifically on her, like, oh, it would be objective on women, but <laughs> what specifically about her are you looking for that's going to say, okay, she's ready to go? So the first thing would be like work ethic because someone can say like, for example, I thought I trained like for two years. Like, oh, I trained for two years, but that wasn't really training. So it depends on how hard they were training prior and how much muscle they have. Generally, like I don't want them to be carrying too much like body fat either. So someone who's just like has a lot, a lot of body fat to lose, you don't really know whether they actually have muscle underneath there, honestly. Like normally you want to be relatively lean to be able to see someone's shape and structure. So I normally get them to do quite a long off season with me, maybe go through a mini cut and then I can kind of see what's under um, before deciding, you know, how long we would require um, before we can, you know, get them on stage. So in terms of body parts, you want to have like nice round shoulders, small waist and like big glutes. That's pretty much what most of the bikini like division kind of looks for. Um, also, you want to have like some back muscle that kind of tapers up nicely. So nice wide lats as well. Um, and obviously not overly muscular, but there is very rarely a case that someone comes to me and I'm like, oh my God, you have too much muscle. It has never happened yet. Um, generally, most people still have to develop um, other areas. They may have certain body parts that are too muscular. So overdeveloped um, generally quads for females um because they didn't train their glutes properly so a lot of the times when they're trying to target their glutes they may be still hitting their quads and then as a result of re repeating that over the years they have started to develop overdeveloped quads and underdeveloped glutes so that's something that we need time to change and therefore like i'd be oh you probably still need a year of off season for us to really be able to bring your glutes up without growing your quads further um, before you'd be ready for a competition prep. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. So 
now this is a little bit more into the coaching side of things because that's, I feel like, what we're heading towards um, in terms of training in general. So you talked about overdeveloped quads and then weak glutes. Mm-hmm. Like, how can you, in, rather than just an actual visual, like a uh, notice, uh, visual cue, uh, sorry, what's the word? Vi- acknowledging it visually, like, what do you, how do you identify that uh, in terms of how they train? For me personally, when I thought someone had weak glutes, so it would be a sign when they squat, when their knees like cave in. Mm-hmm. That's generally a sign. Uh, and normally one of the signs of, you know, so one thing that we have to straight away work on is usually glute bridges. And then I would obviously take them from the Smith machine because, again, it's basic right there to take them to an actual barbell. But what are some things of how you would identify it? The main thing for us bodybuilders is we would still base it on looks like looks is number one. So if someone still had quite a like quad dominant um, squat stance, doesn't mean that they won't still have very good glutes. So it really still depends on how they look, number one. Um, but generally, again, like that knee thing and also um, – the degree in which the knee travels forward um, in certain movements. So, for example, I love doing like Bulgarian split squats. Um, there is a way to do it more like quad focus or glute focus. So normally I just not tell them what to do, but just get them to do it how they would normally do it, film it for me. And then you can kind of tell, like if someone has a stronger muscle, that muscle will want to take over um, as the primary mover in most movements, even like leg press, like anything compound, you can tell that the quads, especially when they get tired, would be the ones that want to kind of take over. So that's also more kind of like training signs, but I still prioritize like the look of the muscle. Um, It's pretty obvious usually as well. With females interesting i think like um for me it'd be like more movement pattern uh you have to assess their movement pattern see how they're actually moving in most movements um there's no real right or wrong it's just about initiation and recruitment i think as bodybuilders we focus on my muscle connection mm-hmm. um, we talk about it all the time <laughs> everyone probably talks about it but most times people are weak in certain areas because they don't know how to activate that muscle Correct. Um, it's pretty straightforward. Like you do a glute bridge because you want them to activate their glutes because they don't know what their glutes feel like, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the idea of doing a glute bridge. Like you make them contract the muscles and be like, do you feel in your glutes? And so I think that's what we need to focus on. If there's a weak area, that means they're just not activating well. Their movement pattern might be wrong. They might be recruiting at, at the wrong muscles at the very beginning of the movement and they're probably just going too heavy as well. Mm-hmm. You know, many times, you know, you see guys lift way too much weight with like, bad form (laughs) (laughs) all the time and you're like yeah you definitely ain't using the right muscles there (laughs) you know what i mean it's like you know doing dumbbell rdls for example very hard movement to do to activate and a lot of times you see guys use it like in their lower back (laughs) it's all lower back exercise they don't understand the movement pattern from it yeah okay exactly what you mean when we see the bad movement it's like um you ever seen a cat when it's startled how it's yeah, like yeah. super super hunched uh, over yeah. Yeah. you're like oh no don't do that <laughs> like that's way wrong but i think like a lot of times they don't record it they don't have people watching them no so, like you no. know just having a simple recording like that especially because you know being online coaches like we get them to record stuff yeah. yeah they may feel uncomfortable once they rewatch that they're like oh, maybe I shouldn't have arched my back as yeah, much as I should. Yeah, they kind of realise before they, realize, they send it to us even. <laughs> they realise how bad it is and then they tell us like, yeah, I probably should have done that. But there you go, see? It's just a learning process. Um, you don't know until someone assesses your, phys- uh, your physique and your form. Yeah. Correct. Because obviously when filming them, that's a visual representation of their technique. And that's generally the way to go. Um, 
And then again, it just comes down to, but people just like love to do it for the gram. That's the other thing. Yeah. They do these yeah. days training, <laughs> which in this day and age, when we're living in, you know, social media world, you guys are online trainers as well. And now it's gotten to a point where you don't have to wake up because you've done all these yards and you've established a reputation and all that. Now, personally, someone myself who's just started online training, uh, and obviously now coming from you guys is more like a personal question. But um, anyway, uh, also shout out to Luke Simons, by the way, because uh, I'm going to bring up uh, what you guys spoke about in the last podcast oh, as well. Did you watch Yeah. Yeah, I did. I watched oh, it. Yeah, well, here's the Luke, if you're listening, man, I'm going to get you on. He's actually come on for a Zoom call before, but oh, he's not coming on here in person. So uh, that's something. Not yet. You have to get yet. him. Yeah, he's nah. very busy at the moment. <laughs> oh, he's extremely yeah. busy at the moment. Like he, he sent me... Uh, fun story i'm not shitting on you luke but he sent me a calendar and <laughs> he's like oh man yeah and my podcast normally go for 30 minutes and i was like are you serious dude yeah like, <laughs> i was like pretty shocked when he said 30 minutes. i was like man how do we get through everything in 30 minutes man i was yeah. like try my best <laughs> exactly we've just done 20 minutes and we barely just yeah. got started you can't you can't do this well there's people i know who with podcasts these days, get a little bit off topic but people just put content out there for the sake of the content yeah for me I don't put it I, unless it's someone of high profile. Uh, generally, an hour is the way to go. Yeah. You need a bit of introduction, you need a bit of background, and you need to talk, and then yeah. you need to let the thing develop. Anyway, the point being, um, I'm trying to was going to ask you right now is that you've managed in a space of 19 weeks to get 90 <laughs> clients. Can you confirm that? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Now, that's right, I just yeah. ask, is this combined between no, the pair no. of you? No, okay. just him. Just him. Okay, <laughs> well, don't worry. We're going to bring you into the situation <laughs> as well. Like, Because you guys have already established a reputation. You've already established yourselves. You've done the knowledge. You've done the grinding. You've done the years. For someone out there who may be listening and wants to get into the world of personal tra- uh, online personal training, what are some advice you could both give them individually? Because obviously you both have different markets, you know. Nicole, you mainly train female. Um, Jeremy, do you tra- train both male and female? Um, my, it's a mix at the moment. Mix, so, I, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's kind of a bit hard because normally um, people are like, you should have a niche. Like, that's the first thing that people will tell you. Um, any mentor will ever tell you, be like, you have to have a niche. You have to know who you your target audience is. Um, yeah. But I think I did it well enough that I have a range. Um, mm-hmm. So 17 year olds, 55 year olds, I got grandmothers, I got ladies, mothers, FIFO, um, competitors, lifestyle. Um, so I've pretty much done it all. But I think uh, I fell in the generalized, <laughs> I guess, pool, yeah. uh, which was pretty lucky. Yeah. Well, that's the thing I've had uh, to come back to it, but I've had arguments with people about this. Like, why should it? I mean, it's good to have a niche. I would agree. It's good to have a niche. But most why would you want to limit yourself to that specific section of the general population? Would now, at almost any ages, I would say, yeah. most when do when do girls usually start lifting? Nicole, what would you say? Probably like eighteen or so. I would say, yeah, yeah, once they start caring about their appearance and stuff like that. When we first went to the gym, was do you, I don't know if you ever been before, but like, have you heard of the festival Stereosonic? The, the, sorry, the what? The fest, the music festival called Stereosonic. 
Yes, I have. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know because we were pretty old. So, I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know. Old. Is that like, is that what you guys go to? Guys, I'm days? 23. I'm not. <laughs> still, still young, still young. You're yeah, not that like, far from me. So, usually when we all like went was because we wanted to look good for the festivals and all that kind of stuff. Like, it's way before like the bodybuilding days. So, I, I would say about 18, you know, when you start going to these like events and stuff, and you're like, oh, yeah, let's just all like it, you know. I think we're during this, this era. Yeah. This era, the, yeah. the aesthetic era where yeah. aesthetics actually became like a term like people never knew what aesthetics was until they realized this <laughs> i think some dude just found it in a dictionary and like ah, i'll aesthetic. take that yeah it's that like the greek gods like kind of thing that's the idea that's where like this created his youtube videos and i think like he created an era like he definitely did like with his physique what happened to that guy he passed away yeah, yeah. how like because um, he, he passed away in the sauna so yeah was, oh. yeah i think there was stuff that he was using and yeah, uh, just kind of ended badly. Uh, so probably like a rock star. Pretty like, much, yeah. 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 Okay. He's very on top, like lived like this <laughs> fullest. Fair enough. Yeah. This is, here's the other thing, though. I mean, we're getting so on top of it right now, but <laughs> I got <laughs> to point fine, it out. Fine. This is the part we enjoy. Yeah. This part. <laughs> <laughs> that. But like, um, the biggest criticism I have of the fitness industry is. You know, I believe firmly in balance. We can all agree on that. We, you know, life is about balance. I don't believe that people should have to be a complete slave to the gym. I don't believe that you should be there completely all the time, nonstop. You should be out there having a good time living life. However, um, I do believe as personal trainers and as competitors, we do have a responsibility to uphold and legitimacy. And that was also a question I was going to ask you down the line. Uh, but... One thing I really do not like is when um, people such as ourselves, you know, we're supposed to be representations of health. We're supposed to be representations of, you know, good, healthy living. And then you get people who pretty much do uh, like ridiculous, like 10,000 calorie challenges on YouTube. And, <laughs> and then they go to YouTube and like, I tried marijuana for the first time or I tried cocaine yeah. for the first time at a music festival. Yeah, and yeah. it's just them smoking in the background. And I'm just like, okay, fair enough. But. That's not a good representation of where it is. And then when I looked at, I never knew much about Zeus, but I read up a bit about his lifestyle, how he liked the drugs, and not obviously yeah, he did, yeah, because past. But yeah. like <laughs> again, I just thought you know, trying obviously you know everyone slips, everyone drinks, everyone has a correct yeah. uh, the days off and all that. But um, when they have to like constantly put it out there, and then they're just in it, like one Instagram story will be them downing a bottle of vodka. At a club, and the next is going to be them training, and then next is them going to be stand up all night. It just that's the biggest criticism I have. Like, if you, you know, they're not practicing what they're preaching. That's really all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so reverting back to that, all that. That's, I just had that little rant to, have to get that out of the way. Um, how do you guys, based on that, on now clients, how do you guys get your online clients? That's one thing I wanted to ask. I'll go first. I think I'll go first. Yeah, you go first. Yeah. I actually um, worked at a commercial gym um that had like a lot of influx of um uh members so they had probably like four thousand members at the gym um maybe like 12 to 14 pts mm -hmm. and very expensive rent as well so <laughs> it's like it's one of those gyms so you always had people coming through so when i first started um there the people who just joined up they got given three free pt sessions Three, yeah. Three, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. So the yeah. newer PTs um, would be encouraged to obviously take these 
know, we don't get paid for them, but we do them anyways and then try to convert them over later into paying clients, of course. So there was like a whole process doing that. Um, Otherwise, you could just kind of grab someone off the floor, um, offer a free session and whatnot. So start with that. And then what I did was I offered the online part of it because that was what made me different from all the other 12 PTs because I had the knowledge and background in like more the nutritional aspect of it. So I was giving out free nutritional plans basically to um, the people who would train twice a week with me. And because of like the amount of people that came through and obviously because they're also brand new, they will definitely want a PT first, um, Mm. but they won't keep you forever. So they're just like, they come to, they absolutely have no idea how to do anything. They don't know what a calorie is. They just don't know anything. So I offered them basically the perfect starter kit. (laughs) And then because um, there was so many of them going through, you get better as well. So as I got better, then I pretty much gained the confidence to be able to actually charge for these services. um, And then obviously start, um, to compile like before and after photos because obviously the people who would be training with me and doing the nutrition, like they're going to get results because mm. nutrition is a big part of it compared to people who only trained with the PT. Even if you train with PT like three, four times a week, but you just ate like crap, you wouldn't really get much results honestly. Correct. So um, compile those photos and then from there you just – put that out there and then you can kind of pretty much go from there. So that was like my way of doing it. Obviously he has a more professional <laughs> way now with mentors <laughs> and stuff, but like that was just like how I did it. <laughs> I guess like, you know, um, as I said in the last podcast, same thing, like, you know, when we started out, it was just like help trying to just, I got kind of pushed into it. Um, but I guess like, I, I guess, are you asking the question more like how I grew from 90 clients? At yeah, the yeah. Yeah. That's, yes. that's, Cause I gotta admit that's impressive. Uh, Cause personally yeah. for myself, one thing I always say when it comes to being a PT is just I care about legitimacy. I care about doing the right thing. I care about the one 50-minute or the hour or the – I don't do 30-minute training sessions, but that time on the floor is just like a tip of the iceberg for me. I care about the people who, you know, they're sending me photos of the food. Is this okay? I care about them getting enough sleep and because I feel like if, you're really, if, you, if a personal trainer really, really wants to get the most for their client – you've got to focus on the things outside the gym and yeah. then make sure you charge them appropriately as well. Mm-hmm. Because just for one hour a week, it's not going to be enough. Mm-hmm. What are you doing for the rest of the exactly. week? So, yeah. I think like, you know, PT and online coaching is a little bit different. Um, the type of people you get is someone that is already well-trained, um, someone that needs fine-tuning and nutrition and training. So in that aspect, you know, if you get a PT, uh, most times it's, you're training new people who haven't trained before. So they're going to need a lot more movement patterns and you actually learn, need to learn about actual training inside the gym uh, whereas the people I have gotten is more like people who already know how to train who already have the consistency who already do everything that's necessary to help them live a healthy lifestyle uh, that they presume and then from there I just fine tune it mm-hmm. I, I teach them you know about reverse diet and they're like you need to eat more food or you have to eat less food or you have to do less or you have to go through different phases so like I guess it's a bit different because I've seen a bean work in the gym as well. You know, I used to do that as well. Um, so I know the type of people I was getting, you know, people who just, you know, you also get people who just want, who couldn't train themselves and they'll just want someone just to be there for them. But whether, but then they'll go off and party and do whatever they want outside of the gym. Um, you probably have maybe a few clients like that or like it's a very normal thing to have, which is fine. Because um, I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's, them, it's better them training than them not training at all. Yeah. You know, so I think, you know, if, if they're going to party and, you know, live whatever they want, at least they're training. You know, yeah. that, in my eyes, that's a positive. That's their choice. That's their life choice. 
But the types of people I want to help is the people that are like, okay, you know, I've tried everything. I've been doing this. I've been doing it myself. I want to be better. You know, I want to be the best version that I can possibly be. And that's what I do. So um, I guess I, as I grew, I try to manage as much as I can. So I had to, you know, you have to note everything. You know, mm. that's why I have a second phone. I note everything. And so that way I know what's happening with every individual. You know, I tell all my clients I'm one phone call away if they ever need to. And if you can ask any of my clients right now, they know that I'll say that to them. Yeah. So if they need to talk to me, I'll book them in for a call. I may not be able to call them right, right straight away because I might be busy, but I'll definitely book them within a day or two. So that way I can talk to them and be like, what's up? Like, what's wrong? How can I, like, how can we make sure you stay on track? You know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's how I've kind of managed the 90 people. Um, and as I grew, I tried to see if I could take on more. And I guess... I could with the processes I had, um, which was pretty good. Yeah. Mm. So how do you, then that's a good point. Cause now obviously Nicole, you're still on the floor, you got online, you're completely online. Now, one thing I've always spoken to a lot of, um, PTs is lead generation. Yeah. Um, now that's something I've obviously you got to take very, very seriously because you, it's what you can manage. I say, Focus on what you know you can do really, really well. Like if you're someone who's super, super confident in themselves, got no problem walking up to someone saying hello, then uh, and they got something to offer. That's awesome. And then you meet people who are online who are like super, super creative with their uh, what's it called? Content like, creation. There you go. There Content you go. creation. And yeah. they put that up. So, uh, like. I love Wait. your TikToks. Let me just stop there. Hey, I started <laughs> watching your TikToks. I was like, man, this this guy's going viral. Hey. Well, that's <laughs> the thing. Were good, yeah. That's, that's one thing. That's why. That's the point I was trying to make. Is yeah, do yeah. what you enjoy. That's why. That's why I say exactly, to guys yeah. like um, do what you're good at and what you enjoy. Like if you don't want to be online and you want to work on the floor and you feel confident to do that, you know. The one thing I love about what's going on right now is there's no set way. But like I said, the question I lead to right now is legitimacy, and now in this vast world of the fitness world and industry and health and supplementation all those sorts of things to stand out it's got to be really you got to set yourself arrest from everything uh so that's the question i want to ask you how do you uh obviously you guys are legit as fuck but <laughs> how do you Thank guys you. prove your legitimacy as coaches um for me i share a lot of like my personal journey and all that on my social media platforms um a lot of people who get me these days they the first thing they open with oh i've been following you and watching you i watch your youtube channel all that kind of stuff so before i don't need to sell myself they kind of already have followed me for long enough they've considered it they've thought about it maybe it took them like a year and then they're like okay cool i i trust her i'm going to message her right now um sometimes if they really really believe in you that much um they don't even ask you how much it is they're just like sign me up you know, wow. so that's, but it takes time. So um, I didn't grow <laughs> as fast as Jeremy, but I started a little, little bit earlier in terms of the social media game and all that kind of stuff. So a lot of people who now, um, especially like probably since COVID, I would say, um, yeah, I don't really have to really like sell, sell much because I've spent many, many years prior already like sharing a lot, like my own journey. And then I repost my clients. I kind of like, um, when I do shows, I like vlog backstage. So That's they awesome. can they can see me and my clients on like video. They see me filming them when they're on stage and then they can hear me cheering in the background. They really kind of get that experience. So they themselves make that decision um, to be like, oh, like, you know, 
I trust her. Um, that's the that's the person I want as my coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it kind of just like grows that way a little bit more organically. But obviously this takes time. And obviously I have to put the content out there, yeah. which again, obviously takes time as well. So the growth is much slower. But um, at the end of the day, I don't have to kind of like sell myself too much if that kind of makes sense. So I kind of like to go that route. Like I will show and then let them kind of already make the decision in their mind um, as to like, you know, if they wanted me or not. Yeah, interesting. Uh, it's, a, it's a good way to put it before <laughs> we move on, Jeremy. Is, uh, someone said to me well, just the other day about, you know, proving legitimacy. It's like, why is it that you nev- will almost never see an ad on TV for a Ferrari, but you always see an ad on TV for Toyotas or Hondas or whatever? It's because everyone knows it's a Ferrari and everyone knows what it is and it's established itself as a sports car. So that's obviously... How just a quick one about the Ferrari. I heard the second part of it from someone else. It's because the people that can afford the Ferrari is not sitting in front of the TV. <laughs> that's hey, a good that's that's really that's yeah, 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 yeah. That was very good. Exactly. <laughs> 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 what we'll do is we'll get a photo of the Ferrari good, and just put it right yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> we should just do yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess like talking about that topic, um, I think getting people results is number one thing. Um, and like you just said, to show your authenticity, you just have to be yourself. You know, like you have to genuinely care about every single client you have, like from when you, when you start. Like if you just see everyone as a number, then I think people can sense that. It's just like, it's, it's like you have to do it subconsciously. Like you have to show who you are and care about every single client you get. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what matters the most. I think, you know, a lot of the big names um, will lose their quality once they have too many. Um, and then, you know, you can, you can hear it. Like, you know, people leave and be like, oh, that person didn't care about me or didn't message me or anything like that. Whereas, you know, I'll, if my mess, if my clients don't message me for a week, I'll be on them like that weekend. Like, you know, mm-hmm. when I do check out, I'm like, where have you been? Yeah. And I'll keep messaging them, even if they're not replying. And I did make a post about this the other day. Like everyone's like, oh, but you're still getting paid. And I'm like, that's not the point. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I don't, it's not about being paid. It's about mm-hmm. like, I'm trying to get people results full mm-hmm. stop. Like if you follow what, I'm trying to help you do. And if you try your best to follow as best you can, you're going to get results. Mm. And I think, you know, teaching that to people, um, it's not about being perfect. I actually made a post today about, it's not about being perfect. Um, Cause even if you're 50% compliant, that's still better than you completely quitting and 0%. Mm. So, you know, so that's how I've always promoted on my clients. I guess that's my direction. I want to go um, helping everyone be the best version of themselves. Yeah. Well, that's a very well well spoken way to put it. I would definitely yeah. definitely agree. Um, especially about making sure again you're giving them care. That's what was, you have to treat it like a almost like a child, as you way you know. And every single person, yeah. Like, honestly, every single person matters. But that's yeah. good that you brought that up as well because that brings to the to the next point as <laughs> with the, such a strong client base as well that you have, and yeah. also Nicole, this is as well for you. But how do you guys manage your day? <laughs> like how do you manage your time at the moment i'm actually going i'm working every day so i do work like all weekend i don't really have weekends much um so i pretty much work every single day um but only because i'm expanding soon so i'm looking at hiring two new coaches um to come on board to help me out with the workload and to grow the s legion company i guess <laughs> oh that's awesome man. Yeah, yeah so we're, we're kind of expanding now so um but now i just need to put in the work so to prepare to take them on and help them grow as well 
Wow. Okay. So yeah. how do you manage your day? Well, I work six days a week, so six one less days. day than Jeremy. Um, I still go into the gym to do a couple of um, PT sessions, but definitely way less than before. So that is the area I had to cut back on in order to like expand um, online, but also still have time to like prep because I'm usually prepping for competitions. Even though the last two years I haven't competed, I've done three preps. So that takes up a lot of my time. So mm. um, And that's my priority. So I always um, tell people and Jeremy that <laughs> being a professional athlete is my number one priority so rather than well for him coach is like his his main thing for me I'm professional athlete first and then I'm um, coach second so I need to I'm happy to earn less money and take a step back from taking on too many clients um, to make sure that I can do all my training my cardio my posing all that first um, so at the moment, I probably do maybe like 11 PT sessions a week. So it's quite manageable. And then all the other time goes to my online clients. So um, I do do the check-ins between Friday to Sunday, but they're also free to message me whenever they may need and whatnot. So again, um, one of the reasons why I don't want to have too many people, because I also don't want too many people texting me at, like, you know, at one time, but mm. they're all really, really good and considerate as well. I think because they all follow my journey so well, um, they are very, very considerate of my time as well. So they try not to overly bother me. Um, if they have like a bunch of questions, they can like compile them and then like ask them like, you know, in one go and like I think they also take a big kind of um like interest in like my life and how I'm doing as well so it's not just kind of like oh yeah me 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 when it comes to them so that's why I really like like the um clients and like the team that I have right now because I feel like they also understand um before even signing on that like you know Again, professional athlete life first and then, you know, I'll still give them all 100% but that's why it's so like exclusive when it comes to me. So keeping it small so that I do have enough time for that. And then when it comes to like, I guess, social and like our time, then not so much. So pretty much a lot of my spare time goes to my small group of girls. Um, And then when it comes to other things, I don't really have much other time to do much other things. Um, I do enjoy creating content and doing things like that. So for me, this is more a bit of fun. So I guess when people ask me what I do for fun, this is also still part of like, I guess people will call it work. Um, but for me, like I like well, that's doing these things. So do you guys ever like get a day off at once a month or Jeremy, do you sit down for 10 minutes at one point in time and just go uh, straight back to work? I got a lot of thoughts. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, the decisions that I'm making, I have to do at the moment is a lot. Um, mm. So I think it's daily. Um, yeah. It kind of changed. <laughs> it was a bit hard, but, but I think like, to be able to help as many people as possible, um, I need to take the necessary steps. So I think like, um, I just have to work a little bit harder now. I mean, while we're young, right? They say yeah. you should just work as hard as you can now. I mean, I'm an all in kind of person. So when I was competing, I put, you know, PT on the side and focus on competing. Mm-hmm. Um, same, same as Nicole, like I definitely agree that she needs to go all in if she wants to make it eventually to Olympia. So that's a big dream, you know, like you can't go and be like, oh, I'm going to do try to expand my business and get busy doing that. But then you can't also do both, you know? Yeah, I so. think it will be selfish on my current clients if I were to take on more than I can. So I'm like, look, I'm, I have to focus on my training, but the people I do take on, I will give you a hundred percent. But, and, and then that's why, um, I kind of keep it small for now. <laughs> what I feel like you guys are telling me right now is an important point of the importance of, you know, being selfish. So one of the reasons why I love talking to people such as yourself is 
I always say to everyone else, if you ever want to be a successful life, you kind of got to live like a bodybuilder, you know? Mm-hmm. You're paying attention <laughs> to your sleep. You're paying attention to every meal you have. You're paying attention to your training sessions. And if you can pay attention to all these little details and whatever it is, like you're trying to start a business or you're trying to, I don't know, work on yourself, you yeah, kind of have to live that way. Now, what you guys are telling me is one thing I'm always preaching is someone wants to get their shit together. Say, so be a little bit selfish. You know, if it means you get a few extra hours of the day to spend on yourself, why the hell not? Like, you know, and that's one thing I'm always, you know, it's one of the core philosophies of what I've always put behind my th- uh, group is like, I'll train with you for, for 50 minutes. We'll talk on the phone and all that. But you got to understand, I'm not a slave. I have to do things for myself. Like, yeah. I love training as well on my own first thing in the morning you know i love it when it's at the on the weekend you know if i can just like watch 30 minutes of a tv program in between and then don't want to have to pick up the phone that's important to me Mm -hmm. as well so that's important to a lot of coaches as well um so again it's about the grinding obviously it's much as important but then when you actually work so hard so often so many days when you actually like you know you get that rest day or you get like that hours or day to yourself it means so much more because it's in such scarcity uh yeah i think that's just the topic of really what we're going through just being selfish i think it does teach you a lot of discipline weight training does um because it's all like you're doing it for yourself um i think you know no matter what you want to do in life i think weight training it teaches people discipline to do it like it's like growing your business no one's making no one's going to make you do it like no one's gonna make you do the work that needs to be done or learn the new things that you need to learn. It's the same with weight training. Like, you know, and I think like so many people have changed their lives and I've helped a lot of people change their lives just adding weight training in. Just gave them the accountability, taught them new things and they, they've learned that their, their mental health went up because of it. And like, mm-hmm. it's been multiple. Like I'm talking like, there's a lot of people that do have problems behind the scenes. And I think, you know, weight training has helped them in so many ways. So it's more therapy than anything. Yeah. I actually had a conversation with a guy once about that. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, what do you do for... Uh, first of all, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a psychologist, so... Oh, this yeah, is a very psychologist here, yeah. <laughs> no. This is not educational podcast. No, no, <laughs> no. no. It's just three people it. talking about health. Uh, <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. And this one guy is like, oh, how do you get out of... get stuck out of a rut or you feel like your life's not going anywhere? Okay, and then I said, have you tried maybe just training four days a week, getting some decent sleep, reading 10 minutes a day and drinking two liters of water. <laughs> and then he just looked at me. He's like, okay, keep your secrets. <laughs> I'm, <just> like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm serious. I mean, what you put into yourself and how much effort you put into yourself as well, it's always going to come down the end. You know, that's, that's all. Cause in this day and age, you know, we all go through hard times. We all go through struggle. We all have some bouts of depression and anxiety. It's a very real thing. Yeah. Yeah, you know, one thing I always tell people these days is not only is depression, anxiety, and all these mental health disorders at an all-time high, the help for it has never been higher. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's never been higher, and there's never been more access to it as well. Yeah, you know, hundred percent. Now gyms are like almost ten bucks a week, or you know, food ain't super super cheap these days depending on yeah. where you go <laughs> <laughs> depending but on what you buy but i mean going out to eat is probably more expensive still correct yeah, yeah surely it must be yeah. if food's going up at grocery bill that means like the restaurants are raising their prices as well yeah <laughs> but really i always tell people um when it comes to you know a general person who's going for a hard time i just feel like you need to take more time to focus on yourself that's 100 one yeah. thing it's not going to come tomorrow it's going to 
eventually be in the long run, but, you know, it's, it's just the way that it is. I think, you know, you touching on like being selfish. Yeah, you just got to be selfish. Be, it's yeah. self-love, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, if you think about it, like it's, you just got to focus on you. And like, you, you know, if you, want, if you want to lose weight, but then like your friends are inviting you to go out to eat and you're like, you know what, I'm going to die at the moment. Yeah. Say no. Well, that's a good point on the topic because you guys are doing, you've gone through that dieting stage. Yeah. If your friends say, hey, man, I want to go out to deep, uh, go out to eat, what's the most appropriate way for you guys to respond to something like that? You go first. Um, I'll Ooh. pack my own food. <laughs> really? Yeah, I'll pack my own food. I have a lot of, uh, I think it's like, I think it's pretty cool to bring your own food there. Be like, yeah, I'm a bodybuilder. Like old school, yeah. Just walk into a restaurant, like, yeah, I bring my own food, yo. Can you know, my my container. <laughs> That's how I deal with it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. So I'm pretty much the same as well. So I think we started a little bit differently. Like initially, when me and Jeremy first started competing, we would just say, um, "I'm sorry, I can't. I'm on prep, but we'll catch up after." Mm. And then as we continue doing this for longer, then we're like, "Oh, you know." like we can just bring our own food because we realize that we're not the kind of people that it would hurt us to watch other people eating those foods whereas some people when they're quite new um a lot of my clients were like i just can't look at someone eat a cake in front of me i just can't is what you know and i'm actually a big foodie so i do enjoy watching people eat i actually watch so many youtube videos and it gets worse like the deeper i am into prep i love watching other people eat the things i can't eat like i don't like to like you know just it's just like a really sick minded thing but you just like yeah like i can't but like i really want to watch it or like i would be happy to like smell so like if jeremy would order like i don't know for example like a mcdonald's or whatever right i'd be like can i just hey, sniff i do the not eat mcdonald's <laughs> often i don't know why she brought that yeah. up <laughs> i'll be like can i just sniff the bag i just want to smell it so i'll yeah. just Smell it and give it back to him. It's totally fine. So we're okay with being around it. So sometimes, um, you know, yeah, I'll bring my own food or I would eat prior and then I would just join them with a Coke Zero or like I like to do like brunch so then you can do coffee. Um, and we would still make the effort and more these days we make so much of an effort to still go to social things and even dinners and stuff. And even if we just sat there and just like didn't eat anything, um, I think we're... I think it's like yeah, it's one of those things where why I tell all my clients um, how to deal with this the best is to think about why they're inviting you out. So most times people are going to invite you out because they either want to catch up with you, they mm-hmm. want to, you know, s- you know, see what you're doing with your life or like it's a birthday or it's an event, right? So are you going there to eat or are you going there for them? You know, it's pretty straightforward, like kind of thing. That's literally what I tell my clients all the time. Like, look, are you going, it's a birthday, right? So you're going there for their birthday. Why do you need to eat like, a burger or like whatever they're eating Mm -hmm. like i mean are they going to be unhappy that you're not eating a burger with them or are they going to be happy that you're there for them Mm -hmm. that's very well spoken um put it because i never thought of it that way what i always and i think that's something well for me to put them as well uh because whenever someone said to me hey man i got this wine tour coming up on the weekend you know (laughs) i want to go there because my best friend's birthday but i don't want to get drunk i don't want to do this don't want to do that but what and then like then you don't have to don't have to yeah, yeah exactly. don't drink that yeah, <laughs> go there but for that's, the that's easier said than done yeah, yeah that that's is definitely easier. Easier. you know i'll say a wine tour is a little bit different yeah, wine um, yeah. but maybe offer to catch up with them another time but i like, yeah. will take i'll take you out to dinner or lunch and i'll pay for that yeah you know and be like and most friends like i mean most of our friends will normally understand when we're prepping mm-hmm. so they won't contact us during they might invite us extended invite and be like oh we understand if you can't come because you guys are on prep yeah. and then you know uh, we'll make it up to them after 
Mm-hmm. You know, that's how we find our balance. Yeah, I think food yeah. and sleep is a different story. So generally, right. we would still turn down any kind of like nighttime drinking events only because the sleep part comes into it. So, oh, you know, yeah, so we're yeah. not going to be staying out till 3 a.m. Yeah. Sober or not, like, you yeah. know, we need to still go to sleep at the time we need to sleep. So for that reason, like we wouldn't go to certain things. But um, if it was like a daytime thing or dinner and stuff, we'll definitely like still try to go. But um, yeah. club, maybe not. <laughs> fair, fair point. Um, because it comes down to, to values. Yeah. You know, obviously, would you have to establish, like, what are, you, what are your values? What do you care about? What do you care about the most? For me, it is super, super easy to go to events and not drink because, like, you train the next day after having a bit. Pff, yeah. Like, something. Yeah. The worst like, feeling. <laughs> I, hate, it's, I yeah. hate it so much, drinking that before and then go training the next day. But when I was working in the industry, it was, oh, I hated it. It was the worst thing ever. But. Point point being, I was just trying to make is, like you get, I get, we, we get clients at the time. I got this coming up on the weekend. There's going to be this there. There's going to be food there. There's going to be people drinking. I was all that. What am I going to do? I just say you don't have to. And he's like, oh, that's so easy for you to say. You're not going to be there. But okay, <laughs> I say give the scenario. I want to hear your input on it. People usually, when they're presented something, they say, you know, I give you give me a piece of cake, or and you're prepping for something, and people always say, oh, sorry, I can't have that. I'm on diet. I'm trying to focus for prep and then they'll start to like tempt you and all that you know like, oh come on man one piece won't kill you one yeah. piece yeah, is not yeah. gonna hurt yeah, yeah. <laughs> i would say okay so try it this way i've had a bit of success from it i say just say you don't have to say any of that you just say no because you don't want to because that's personal it's a personal thing rather than you have to justify your end it ends to a me so it means to an end saying oh yeah i got this coming up and a bit like trying to tip you even more but if you just say no i don't want to that's usually a good response yeah what do you guys think um it depends on how close you are to like the people like or well, this is kind of like a far-fetched one but sometimes like um you go to oh for example we went to um oh yeah um, petrol station, <laughs> the guy wanted to give me free chocolates. Um, and rather than be like, oh, you know, I'm a bodybuilder. I don't, I'm dieting, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh yeah, no thanks. You know, or even, um, I went to Louis Vuitton and they tried very, very hard to sh- offer me champagne. They're like, why don't you want champagne? Like, you know, you just bought something. Like we really want to give you champagne. And I'm like, oh no, no, I'm good. I don't really want to like, you know, um, go into detail as to why, you know, I'm saying no. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think I think you know it's a bit different if a friend's asking yeah, you. Friend for, yeah, yeah, but if it's like not asking like, you, yeah. yeah, to like be like, hey, you have this like cake, and I think what you have to think of is like you know they want you to conform to what everyone else is doing. Oh. Uh, you know, it's a it's a group mentality kind of thing. Not gonna lie, I feel like you have to kind of be like, no, I don't want to. I want to be different. So mm. I think you know, like I'm gonna accept. I'm not gonna have it. Um, but it also depends on the individual. Like if the individual is actually competing, then I'm like. It's a straight no. <laughs> you cannot have that cake. Yeah. But you know, if a client is not competing, I'll be like, have that cake. Yeah. I mean, like, you're not gonna. It's about balance, right? That's what we try to teach people. Yeah. Jump back on track the next day. You had one bad day. Yeah. Why should you ruin the rest of the week? And yeah. it's also this. Yeah, correct. And you're never gonna be one hundred percent. One, so you're never going to be 100 percent all the time. So right. why not just have that little bit? And if it's for the sake of it, in sake of your mental health and 
Then why not? Like one thing I always tell people, if, you know, someone's doing really, really well, tracking their meals, losing weight, and then they get invited, I say go, mate, and go enjoy yourself. Do not track social meals because you'll more likely enjoy it that way. Exactly. So they don't hate it and then they they feel even like worse about it and they'll come back like, oh, you know, I enjoyed my night, but I definitely keen to jump back on track. If anything, it just really lets that fire. Most times, if you just let them be like, okay, you go have it. Like, you know, it's your choice. At the end of the day, we can't put a gun to someone's head like you can't have that unless they're comp prep i'm gonna tell you that right now yeah, if they're a comp yeah. prep client they're straight out no you are strict 110 percent. but if you are not a comp prep at the moment i'll be like yeah go have the cake just make sure you jump back on track yeah what um, happens if they're on, on you know if they're on uh on what is it what happens if they're on prep and then they have that piece of cake what happens then you know I'll you get the flogging of the yeah, whip yeah, i'll destroy be very, 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 very um my guys like no like, i think like when i go from comp prep to non-comp prep um just only because comp prep, you're jumping on stage. Yeah. Like there, there, you cannot mess up. Like it has to be like, I mean, you, you I mean, it, ha- it happens, you know, worst case scenario. Um, but yeah, we don't want it to happen. <laughs> we definitely don't want that stuff. Yeah. I think we, uh, like not all coaches are like that, but we take a lot of pride as to like what we put on stage. And if like someone really, really messed up, like close to stage, like bad enough to put them in a position to not be able to compete anymore, we'd be like, no, you're not jumping on stage. Ooh. Yeah, I think I think yeah. I would definitely consider that. Yeah, as well. like if like they most were times just our guys will be ready. Yeah, they're all. Um, yeah, but at the same time, yeah, if they aren't ready because they've especially been messing because up a they lot. messed up, yeah. But like, I mean, most times or not, I'm not gonna lie. We will know beforehand. This is why we do off season with people. Um, once they show that they're not really as compliant in off season, what makes you think they're gonna change on season? It's, fr- it's that's why we always put people in off season. It's like a trial period. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's we're testing we them. Test <laughs> no, it is. It really is. I mean, like. My guy who's ready, like 17 years, like 25 weeks, he con- he complied to everything. So that's why I just like, we could do the show if you want. Like, you know, everything fit right. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. And then it was the right call to make. Um, it's that sort of situation. Like, you know, you got to set an example in off season. Like we don't expect them to be perfect in off season because off season's off season. Um, but we still need that good habits and behaviors to kind of display across and be like, okay, like this person could just jump into a comp prep and he should be ready. Fair enough. I think it's important to be planned. So normally um, I have clients who would ask permission or tell me um, I'm going to not follow the plan this, this, this day because of this, this, this. But I think the only time where it's not acceptable is if it like – they just, for example, one night just couldn't control themselves. They were just going to eat everything in the pantry. Then that really shows you that this person is probably not going to be good for comp prep if you just can, you know, just for no reason. It's not someone's birthday. It's not like a, like a wedding. It's just because one night you decided that you were just going to crack and you were just going to eat everything you saw in your pantry. Like that is a bit of a red flag as to what someone may possibly do when they're put in a competition prep situation when they actually can't control themselves. But I think if it's planned, it's a different story it's like all right i plan to on this day i will have this dinner and then stop is the most important thing like not let that one dinner all of a sudden kind of make you spiral for the next three days and then you know that kind of thing i think that's probably a little bit more not acceptable for someone who's looking to eventually compete but definitely like in the off season if they wanted to have like a bunch of different things that they have already planned for thought about beforehand i think it still shows like good kind of like a mindset as well like you know they're like i'm gonna be good these days and then this day i'm gonna let myself enjoy this meal and i think that's that's okay that's fantastic yeah, yeah. that's a very very well spoken um now, unfortunately, that is coming right up to the end of the amount of time we're getting. Sorry, guys, you know, with this, uh, it's been an absolute <laughs> fucking blast, I'm going to say. It's Thank an honor you. to have you guys back on. So, obviously, you know, 
there's going to be some people who, who are listening and might be keen on reaching out to you guys. So, guys, how do we find you, Stella and Nicole? So, Instagram, the Nicole Tan, T H E, and then Nicole Tan. Um, and I'm also on YouTube, just search um, Nicole Tan, IFBB Bikini Pro. Awesome. And Jeremy? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram under soul aesthetic underscore coach, um, or you can just search up Jeremy Soul, and you should be able to find even my free Facebook group on Facebook, which is called S Legion. All right. Thank Sweet you very us. much, guys. Appreciate the time. Thanks for having Thanks us. For All having the best. Us. We appreciate Take care. it, man. Thanks. Bye-bye. See you.